built your own funnel. We're gonna show you how. Hello and welcome to Build Your Own Funnel. This is the podcast where we, inbound marketers, teach you, remodelers, how to build your own marketing and sales funnel. On this podcast, we're never shy about diving into the weeds and giving concrete examples of campaigns that we have seen and run that have worked, boosting sales for remodelers like yourself. I'm your co-host, Malachi Price, Builder Funnel's inbound marketing consultant, and today I am joined by Builder Funnel president and co-host Danielle Russell and our consulting specialist and DJ Matt Ehrlich. Hi, how are you? Today, we have a special guest, and we're going to be talking about how we, for, for, a, for a, a remodeler in Oregon, we doubled website traffic and we tripled qualified leads, not even just leads, but qualified leads. So why don't we hop over and we'll introduce our special guest for today and we'll talk about what we're drinking. So everyone, um, the woman who needs no introduction. Hi, I'm Liz. Hey, um, I'm a strategist that works at Builder Funnel and has worked there for about two years. And I currently live in Colorado Springs, but I'm from Ohio and I must say go Bucks just because... Yeah. I know Danielle's a big cut the audio. Cut the audio. <laughs> should should I just kick her out of this Zoom call? Wait, let me get a before, uh... before she continues to make a fool of herself. And I that, am Liz? drinking the finest PBR coffee drink. It's a hard coffee, <laughs> and it is actually delicious. And I have it in a PBR koozie. It's all about the branding. Maximum class. I did not know PBR is branched into the like craft anything yet. It is actually very good and does not taste anything like the 75 cent PBR you can actually get. (laughs) 75 cent per 24 pack. That's my favorite cheap beer. Actually, you know what? Additional thing, bonus for for today. Will everyone say what their favorite cheap beer is? Mine's Mm -hmm. PBR. But Liz, what's your favorite cheap beer? Just cheap Natty crap. Net, oh my. Ugh, okay. That's real hey, cheap. Even <laughs> for cheap, that's oof. Please sponsor us, Natty Light. Um, Danielle, what are you drinking today? And what's your I am. Um, you really put me on the spot, so I'd have to think about my favorite cheap beer. Yep. Probably just like a Bud Light, like whatever I can get at a stadium when I'm watching. That's a, a good game. one. Yeah. You know, it's just like a. It's basically water. I'm hydrating at the same time. Um, currently drinking Blue Moon Moon Haze Hazy Juicy Pale Ale. So, if we're looking for another sponsor, Blue Moon, we're here putting out great content every other week. Yep, yep. Um, I'm boring today. I'm I'm drinking water. I'm drinking water, guys. It's so uh, hot outside. I'm just drinking gallons and gallons of water. Uh, but my favorite cheap beer, actually, I don't think it is PBR. I think it's probably Coors Light. Which honestly basically tastes like water, but you know, I don't know, it's weirdly refreshing for some reason. And also having that that view of Pike's Peak on the can, it just makes me feel at home because that's also the view that I have right outside my window. Matt, what are you drinking today? Um, I'm just, well, I finished it already, but just a Gatorade. I'm just having a lemon-lime Gatorade because it is also similarly hot in New York and I am frequently dehydrated and um. My favorite cheap one 
Um, I don't know if it's cheap, but like cheap beer, I would say Bud Light Platinum. Uh, it's not like cheap, but it's also <laughs> it's not no in it's, the name. Yeah, no, no. Okay, it's like a couple bucks more than like. All right, it's gross. It's like it's slightly smoother than like regular Bud Light, but like Bud Light's not bad. It's just down there too. I would say I don't know. I don't drink like beer anymore so i don't really have a good like frame of reference that's what i drank in college like, remodeler ron is listening to us right now like booing us off stage so it's probably time to move on maybe we should talk about marketing. let's talk marketing <laughs> okay well liz believe it or not just drinking isn't actually the reason that we're here today we brought you here <laughs> to tell us about about this case study about about this client what you did for them how it worked tell us strategy tell us tactics Take the floor, Lizzo. Yeah, thank you. The audience can calm down a little bit. I know it's exciting. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, so I did my case study on Corvallis Custom Kitchen and Baths, and they're located in where? Corvallis, Oregon. Um, they are a boutique design build remodeling company. And we've they've worked with Builder Funnel since 2020, and I've been on their account since a little bit after they joined us. So I was a specialist and then I went over to strategy with them. Um, so I've been on their account for a while. A couple of their really strong pain points were driving more people to their website, like a lot of people, but not only just driving that traffic, but also driving those like conversion leads on their website. So having those conversion opportunities on their website. So people come to their website, what do they do now? How do they convert? How do they become a contact? And I did that through a lot of their inbound marketing efforts. So blogs, project spotlights, uh, SEO, all of the things that we all know that go into inbound marketing. But I would say the biggest thing that really helped with their SEO and targeting such a very smaller demographic because Corvallis, Oregon, for those of you who don't know, it's very hard. It's a very competitive market, um, which is why Corvallis, the company is, uh, they are a boutique company. So they want to stand out from those higher end companies and talk about how, yes, they're even more expensive sometimes compared to those higher end companies, but they're worth it. Their whole process is worth it their experience is worth it. And that's where I think the project spotlights really shine. Um, not only that, like clients can, potential clients can see like, okay, this is what I can actually picture my kitchen to look like. But we also use a lot of storytelling in their project spotlights. So we talk about like, these were the client's pain points. This is what Corvallis did to counteract that. And um, help make their lives easier, basically. And then also the SEO kind of behind it is we are able to use those neighborhoods and kind of capitalize on those keywords, um, which is why their organic search traffic was like really high. Um, before we jump in any further, let's define some of the, some of the specifics that we're going to be talking about. So Mal, can you tell us what website sessions are and what new contacts mean? Totally. How about I get some groovy music in the back here, Matt? So when we're talking about website sessions, this is different from visitors. 
So how many visitors you get to your website? I mean, it's it's exactly what the name would apply. It's how many individual people have visited your website. When we talk about sessions, we're talking about how many, I mean, sessions is really the best word for it. How many sessions there have been on your website? How many sessions of people sitting and being on your website? And that they, they could be the same people multiple times potentially, um, or they could be completely uh, distinct people. When it comes to new contacts, uh, I tend to like to rethink of this as just leads in a sense. Assuming that you're doing your marketing well, any new contact that you have is probably a lead. But in HubSpot, for example, or any CRM that you may be working with, uh, a new contact is just a new, a new person with their hopefully their email and probably their phone number that you have in your database now. And assuming that they are a lead and not just like say a vendor or your cousin Phil or whatever it may be, um, then then you want to nurture them and you want to use that information that you've got from their contact to maybe send them some emails or, or whatever it may be. So that is sessions and new contacts. Amazing. So jumping back in, Liz, can you tell us a little bit more about the project spotlights themselves and how storytelling works and can help keep people on the page longer, how it boosts SEO. What were some of the ways that you're able to drive more traffic by writing these project spotlights? Can I add to that? Sorry to jump in, but I think what, what makes these guys especially unique, um, well, really, I guess a lot of our clients are this way, is that they really need to communicate value uh, for any for any luxury remodeler, in this case, we'd call them a boutique remodeler. Part of that storytelling is communicating that value. So, uh, hope add that as just like a part two, maybe to Danielle's question. And part three, no, I'm just kidding. I was gonna say, lay it on me, Mal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, well, the first thing that I think has been said in a couple of the other episodes is that imagery is like so important and Corvallis does a really good job at taking professional photos they have from the start. Um, they've had a lot of different types of photos and it's been easy to build those project spotlights around that. Um, so first thing we kind of do is we talk about what were the client pain points, which I kind of already talked about. So what did the client come to our, our other uh, Corvallis's, <laughs> Corvallis's um, company and ask like, what's the, what was their problem? And so kind of identifying what those key problems were and then writing about like the specifics within that actual project spotlight. So maybe it was like they had an outdated kitchen and they just wanted a bigger out, a bigger, more modern kitchen um, that they could host more people in. Maybe their family was growing. Maybe they um, were, trying to host a lot more family was coming closer. Um, so that was like one of their pain points. And we've seen a lot of those, like people trying to expand their areas. And then we point out the specific details. So like maybe it's a farmhouse kitchen, maybe it's a um, different kind of two-tone cabinets. There are these specific details that not only help explain to the reader, like what actual detail and level of detail our clients put into it, but it, it also helps with keyword ranking. Like those are keywords that we can go off of 
and, and try to rank for within those actual content pieces. Awesome. I'm really glad that you brought up um, the key problems or key pain points, because I don't think this is something we brought up on this podcast yet, but buyer personas, when we talk about when, when you're, when you're creating content, when you're writing blogs, you should be thinking of who it is that's on the other side of that and reading that, what are their pain points? That's what's really going to help you ultimately convert and, and sell. But the point being, if you're making buyer personas, which are semi-fictional representations of who your ideal buyers are, um, this would include things like how old they are, how many kids they have, um, what kind of project they're interested in. To me, whenever I make buyer personas, the most important thing has always been what is their pain point, because that's really driving them. That's probably the reason that they're on your website, is that they're upset with uh, Liz's example was they have an outdated kitchen. Um, let's riff off of this. We could think of some other examples. Uh, outdated kitchen, uh, the living room is too small, or maybe even the first floor is too small because they're having a new kid and they need more room for the kiddos. What else we got? Addition, because they're having a new kiddo. Yeah, that's probably a better example. <laughs> aging in place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so aging in place, uh, if, if you're talking about uh, wanting to settle in your home for your retirement years, you might eventually get to the point where you might want to have kind of assistance bars in the shower or maybe be able to sit in the shower or have uh, railings on the stairs, whatever it may be. Things that you think would help you be more comfortable in your home when you're older. Liz, maybe you also, can throw us an example. Oh, no, go ahead. Even related to aging in place, but there was a huge trend in people who did not want to send their parents to retirement communities. So multi-generational homes and mm -hmm. gearing content towards that. There's so much emotion tied into all of these topics. Also having a kid, uh, having your parents move in with you, any of that. And people do make their decisions based off of their emotions. So Liz makes a great point that being able to speak specifically to pain points and identifying what the literal pain point is that triggered someone to choose Corvallis. Yeah. So for, for example, too, if you're, if you're writing a, uh, sorry, if you're doing a project spotlight on a project you did that was uh, remodeling a space in order to turn it into a, a home office, um, don't just write it from the viewpoint of this is what we did. We installed a built-in shelving and we soundproofed it. And no, talk about why. It's because this person, maybe because of the pandemic, the storytelling aspect of it can be important too. They're now working from home and they realize that their home is not a great place to actually work from because maybe it's too loud. Maybe they don't have enough space or maybe they don't have enough room, whatever it may be. But that's the point I think Liz is making here is that you're not just showing off the pretty photos, even though you're doing that too. You're talking about what the goals were for the client, what the goals were behind the remodel. I'd love for you to talk to this more if you can, Liz. Hey, Stinky. That's her. Yeah, um, basically everything <laughs> that everyone has already said. Um, but I would also add like, not only just our project spotlights and that showing of like, here's the goal, but we also did that and try to make a parallel with the blogs. Like if we see maybe there's a pain point that's pretty frequent across across a couple of our project spotlights 
maybe we do a blog um, post about it. There was one of our blog posts that was pretty popular. It was the most popular blog post we've done. It's like, tell me about trends. And it talks about handheld showerhead slide bars. So it's like very, very specific. It's showing that design element and that different part of Corvallis that makes them unique and kind of shows them off as like, hey, we have this knowledge. We pay attention to the small details. Like before I had this client, that was not something that I would ever have thought of writing a blog about. So seeing that and kind of working with project spotlights and blogs hand in hand and kind of figuring out how to do that by listening to like their clients as well. It's very helpful to drive that traffic and answer those key questions that chances are if one if one client has that question, there's more than one of them that have that question. So yep. <laughs> thanks, Matt. All right, lovely. Well, we can tell you're really proud of this one, Liz. Um, grateful that we had you on the show. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about this one before we start to wrap? Um, I think, I mean, one of the things I would say is like inbound marketing, it does take time. We, we know that because we work in the industry, but sometimes people from the outside looking in don't necessarily see that. But we took this from 2020 and built this strategy up to where we are now. And that takes time. Um, and so these, once you do one project spotlight, that doesn't mean you're going to get all of these qualified leads. That doesn't mean you're going to get all of this website traffic. But once you have a variety, you have a strategy behind it, you have those, you're targeting the right keywords, you're targeting the right people, then I think that you just, yeah, if you're patient, like those things will take off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Danielle, there, I, I, I don't remember the full quote, but I know there's this thing that you and Spencer say all the time, where if you grow every day by blank percent, you end up at, do you know what I'm talking about here? I have no idea, but... Cool. The sentiment basically <laughs> is that like <laughs> every month that blogs are getting views, A, they're going to keep getting at least that amount. You're going to be adding new blogs to that. They're going to start getting however many views. And then every single month, month over month, that keeps increasing um, dramatically. And as one blog starts to rank, it's easier for that one to rank higher and higher and higher. You can keep optimizing it, check out any of the previous episodes that we've talked about this, where Mal tries to describe what a hockey stick looks like. Um, didn't go super well, but I never that's, essentially, hockey, okay. <laughs> that's essentially what we're talking about is that over time, these blogs will start to, and Project Spotlight's content in general starts to compound over itself. Right. And what I, what I was trying to say before is that if you're looking month over month, and your marketing's going well, you might be seeing, I don't know, 10% growth, which is still cool. Um, but you really want to zoom out. And that's where you see the real progress. Because with Liz's client, for example, that we're talking about on this episode, I can see that year over year, their contacts have increased by 360%. Um, their sessions have increased by 200%. And, and that's what that looks like if you're talking year over year growth, growth with inbound, whereas, you know, 10% growth every month might not look as exciting, but that's because that that's not really giving you the full perspective of, of what we're actually trying to do here. I actually have a question for Liz, but it, uh -oh. anyone can answer this. No, go ahead. No, you, you're ever, allowed yeah. to talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we now it's awkward once in a while. Yeah, I'm allowed. Legally, it's in my contract when I started here. Um, 
this is again for anyone who wants to answer, but just something I guess since Liz is our guest, Liz, when you're updating content, um, when do you feel like is the appropriate time to maybe like update the content, whether it's like yearly or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, when do you feel that it's worth it that, you know, you're seeing growth maybe on a particular blog or maybe a page? When do you feel that is the appropriate time to maybe like beef that up or promote that um, for your clients or if anyone else wants to step in, just wondering what the consensus is? Yeah, I think the time frame depends. I mean, you can update, you can always update content um as far as like blogs that talk about like trends or like must-haves those are things that I at least like to update annually if not sooner just depending on what is included in that and as we like keep a pulse on the trends that are happening um that's kind of how I gauge that and then if there's older content and they have so many blogs it's worth it to go back and start to optimize those older blogs so that those can start performing as well. Maybe your strategy is better now than you were when you first created your blogs. So now you can elevate that blog. Instead of reinventing in the wheel, you can include all, all the things you've learned over the, the two years or whatever and kind of implement that into that blog to help it grow it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Liz, I can tell, kind of approaches this at like a per diem basis, which you should. Um, how often you should optimize each blog can vary. You might have a blog for a couple of years that's still fine. But as a rule of thumb, dear listener, I would go with uh, take a look at a blog again at least every year. Um, and honestly, if it's not worth optimizing after a year or two, it might not even be worth keeping. And maybe you want to delete it. We'll talk about purging blogs on a different episode of this podcast, though. Well, thanks a lot for being our guest on this show, Liz. It's been a real pleasure having you. I hope uh, our friend Matt wasn't too distracting for you. Why don't we talk? Strong word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Um, Why don't we talk about a free book that we're offering to our listeners? So. Uh, This is a pretty new podcast, and we want more people to listen to it, marketing. So uh, we are urging you to please go ahead and leave a review for this podcast. And in exchange to express our thanks, we're giving you a free book, free shipping and everything. Danielle, what is this book? Why would they want it? It is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. How to attract quality leads, increase sales, and dominate your competition. It is by our dear CEO, Spencer Powell. And it includes everything we just talked about on this episode and all of our past episodes, all of our future episodes. It's really just solid inbound marketing strategy and all of the tactics that you need to implement to see the results that you're looking for, to increase website traffic, to increase leads, all of that. And we're giving this book and all of our strategies and tactics away totally free to you free ridiculous why are we doing that it costs money to make these books why why the hell would we give them oh marketing yes that's what we do okay cool well go ahead and cue us out matt i think that'll wrap it for this episode of the podcast thank you so much for listening to byof build your own funnel remember to please leave a review and you will get a free book And if you're a fan of the podcast and if there's anything else that you want us to talk about in particular or any drinks you want us to try, let us know. 
We'll see you on the next one.